Good morning. This is State of the Arts NYC, and this is your host, Savannah Bailey McLean. So today we have joining us in the studio, Astra Taylor. Can you hear me, Astra? I can. Great. So we have Astra Taylor in the studio, who is the film director of the documentary, What is Democracy? Now, some people say that What is Democracy is a documentary. Some will say it's an essay. But in any event, it is a film that a lot of people are talking about. And a lot of people are also talking about the filmmaker, Astra Taylor. So I just want to thank her so much this morning for joining us. Thank you, Astra, for joining. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. So um, Astra uh, is the founder, or rather she founded the Debt uh, Collective in 2015. And yeah, that, mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh, yeah, the, De- the Debt Collective. I, I'm a co-founder. It's a collective project, as the name implies, but it's a, a, a debtor's union, almost like the way that there are labor unions for workers to fight for higher wages and benefits and better treatment. This is for all of us who are in debt get together and fight for better terms and uh, debt abolition and public goods so we don't have to go into debt in the first place. Okay. And she's also affiliated with Dissent Magazine, and they talk about various issues that we as a nation should consider uh, as citizens and how we might be able to change some of the policies that we actually um, uh, live with. With what is democracy, um, she's asking some important questions, I would say. Not so much answers, but questions that we should consider. And some of the featured uh, individuals in the film include Cornell West, as well as Angela Davis. And I've had the pleasure of meeting Angela Davis twice in my life, and that was... Um, very exciting for me because she's such an iconic figure. So, um, Astra, why don't you tell us what uh, motivated you to start this project? Yeah, I mean, this, you know, I, I make films about philosophy and about ideas. So I always want to make, make films where ideas are the star and, you know, um, to get us, get us pondering and make these things that seem sort of everyday concepts that are all around us sort of strange again. You hear this word democracy all the time. It's in the news. It's the word we use to describe our system of government. But, you know, what what is it? What do we mean by it? Because all sorts of different kinds of people say they're for democracy. Um, you know, and, and that word, for me, that word had become very corrupted uh, growing up against the backdrop of the odds, you know, and the... Uh, second Bush administration, you know, saying that they were going to bring democracy to Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We, we saw how that goes. But then also my politically active, you know, social justice friends were for democracy. And so, you know, and, um, and liberal politicians are for democracy. So what, what is this word? And, um, and so my film is doing multiple things. One, it's just trying to get us all to, to wrestle with this concept. Um, uh, and also to think about how maybe we've never had a democracy, but we can still democratize, that, that we can still fight for this word and, and make, make the world a better place. And so I think it, it does multiple things. One is it's you know, a philosophical journey. There's a lot of old ideas, timeless, timeless challenges, and it brings us all the way back 2,500 years. So it's got a big time horizon. 
but then it also speaks to a lot of the big problems of our time, so economic inequality and the role of capitalism in a, and the way that um, concentration of wealth undermines political equality. It looks at the history of racism in this country and the way that you know democracy has always been founded on horrible exclusions. I mean, and how well, um, freedom for some has meant exclusion for others, and it looks at um, the European Union. So it, it goes all over the place. Well, it does. Um, I have yeah. been doing some research, and some people do feel that <clears throat> it's a very broad um, subject that's, you know, um, the film is trying to tackle, and what is it yeah. really tackling? And so um, as I was doing my own research about um, the film and what you were trying to question, the one thing that really came across to me, because democracy has never been um, perfect. It's very tough because people have different opinions. But the one thing, I, I as I was mentioning, I feel is um, the underpinning of democracy. It's about engagement. So whether you like what somebody thinks or not, the most important thing is to get people engaged. And the more you get people engaged, they start to talk. And when they start to talk, you can start to develop an informed body who can then look at issues for what they are versus what they would like it to be. Uh, we can strive towards getting to a particular idea or position but if we start from there, we can actually make a difference. And when I look at some of the clips of your film, I, I, I saw, for instance, the young girl who talked about how she's afraid, you know, uh, and that democracy scares her. And she's worried about being shot. That's, you know, that's really profound um, hearing from a young girl. But then I'm saying it's good because if she verbalizes it, then somebody who's not afraid of that happening might learn to empathize with her fear and then a discussion could take place. Wouldn't you see that's the basis of your film to get people to talk to each other? Yeah, I think you know, talking and deliberation and debating, hopefully with mutual respect, is really central to a democracy. And, and, um, and I, the film, you know, what's powerful about the medium of film, right, because it is a, it's a creative, it's a, you know, I have my life as a political organizer, and this is more my life as a, someone working in, you know, creative expression and the arts, is that it, it allows, this film allows me to create space for people to be taken seriously as experts on democracy, people who we wouldn't normally think of as experts. So like you said, this 19-year-old girl who's a, a student at a A&T, uh, this historically black college in North Carolina in Greensboro. You also see uh, young students in the film. I'm talking like middle school kids, talking about their experience of the lack of democracy in their schools and how actually they are punished for speaking up about what's fair and just. And so, you know, I, you, I, I interview refugees. And so what it does is it creates a space for, hopefully a space for people to be taken seriously because they're, they're in the film next to people like Cornel West, Angela Davis, uh, the former prime minister of Greece, you know, important political figures. And so uh, it's, you know, because there are all sorts of people in our society, our so-called democracy, that, that don't get heard. Uh, well, or if they manage to speak up, they don't have any power. <laughs> well, so we have to have voice and we have to have power. I, I mean, that's, that's an activist sort of uh, perspective. Uh, real democracy yeah. doesn't happen in the middle of protests. Uh, real democracy takes place when people calm down, sit together, and they kind of talk about the issue and try to hash out a, a solution 
And I find that sometimes people get caught up in the protest part, but they don't yeah. want to engage in the solving of problems. And so one of the things I wanted to find out from you, because there are no direct answers to your mm-hmm. film, but you're posing questions. Are you trying to get people to understand that that's just the beginning of democracy, but there's a lot yeah, more I th- to I think, it? I think you've uh, really nailed something, which is you know, democracy is both its, its structure, mm-hmm. it's the way that we structure our society. So the film talks about um, structures of democratic government. So it talks about voting rights, mm-hmm. the erosion of voting rights. It talks about how in ancient Greece, the beginning of Greek democracy was made when um, this reformer named Clisthenes, so we're talking thousands of years ago, he broke down the center of powers that were around basically families like aristocrats and, uh, you know, uh, familial co- connections and, mm-hmm. and basically put people into geographic, created the geographic notion of citizenship that we take for granted today. Like, oh, I'm a citizen of New York City. I'm a citizen of New York State, you know. Um, and so how we structure our democracy really matters, and that's the sort of day-to-day work of governing ourselves. And I, so I think I think democracy needs both. It needs that structure part, but it also needs the spontaneity of, of things that happen outside the structure that bring up these big social issues and that push progress forward. So the film, you know, has protests, but then it also gives credit to, you know, the, the Supreme Court of the middle of the 20th century that, you know, that, that with Brown versus BOE said, you know, okay, you know, segregation is no longer um, uh, legal. But that was, but yeah, let's that was take the it give and take of social movements and the Supreme Court, of right. outsiders and insiders. And I think we need both. And so the film tries to show that dynamic. I guess the reason I wanted to bring that up is because you do have Angela Davis in the film. Mm-hmm. And basically I heard the comment that she made. And the reason I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bringing attention to that is because of our current president. And last yeah. year... Um, uh, Mr. Trump tried to amend the 14th Amendment. Last year was yeah. the 150th anniversary of the 14th Amendment. And a lot of people don't understand the three amendments, uh, the 13th, 14th, and 15th, was very pivotal in this country. Yeah. The 13th Amendment was passed before Lincoln was assassinated, that in slavery, the 14th Amendment made yeah. people citizens. The 15th Amendment, which will have its 150th anniversary next year, gave the right to vote. Uh, but people yeah. did not get to exercise that vote until for another 100 years. For another 100 years. <laughs> yeah. So the, it, can't just, it can't the, just be the law. It has to be the will. It has to be the law well, and the spirit. It was know? a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she mentions that, saying that just because certain things end, it didn't really end, and we're still dealing yeah. with that today. And I'll even give Paul Ryan credit, because last year Paul Ryan told Mr. Trump, leave that alone. And that was the one time he really stood up to Mr. Trump. Yeah, the one time in his life. <laughs> well, he stood up to Mr. Trump, and those three amendments are the foundation of the Republican Party. And a lot of people don't realize at that time, before, during, and after the Civil War, the Republicans were the good guys in this country, and they fought for uh, voting rights. They also fought for female rights, where black women were able to finally um, deal with their... Um, you know, the violence that was being perpetrated against them and allow them to, you know, go after men 
who were raping them. And so, therefore, yeah. th- it's just interesting how when you talk about democracy, it doesn't just deal with what happened in Greece 2,500 years ago, but what happened in this country less yeah, than 150 right. years ago where we're not yeah. dealing with that. So that's why I'm asking you, do you feel that your film and given that you were a part of Occupy Wall Street, is actually pushing the country to sit down and have a real grown-up conversation about what's really happening and that it's about, you know, racial competition and people believing there's a lack of resources when that may not be, so therefore others can feel on top of others. Yeah, well, okay, so you basically have nailed the film. So I hope you get to see the whole thing, because it, it really is. It's about, you know, the, the parts that are set in contemporary, the contemporary United States are exactly about that, about the intersections of capitalism and racism and how that's at the core of the United States. And so that history is is absolutely present. And basically, you know, one, uh, there's one representative who, this is this, Representative Mickey Mishaw from North Carolina, who was recruited by Martin Luther King to mm-hmm. run for office. He's the longest. He was the first, uh, you know, he basically, like, he was he won office after 100 years because there hadn't been black officials since, you know, Reconstruction. Right. So he's, he's been in the trenches as a rep. And he basically says, yeah, you know, we've got a system where, you know, um, you know, the, the wealthiest are basically pitting people against each other, mm-hmm. right? And they do it based on race, and they do it, um, but it's all about, you know, it's, it's it's fundamentally about the rich getting richer and just sort of sitting up there while we fight for crumbs below. Mm-hmm. And that we can't, um, you know, and so that's early on in the film. And so, you know, but is the film pushing people to have a grown-up conversation? I hope so. But also, you know, it's hard uh, getting out in, it's hard getting an independent film out in this world. So the film is, me earnestly grappling with all of these issues and saying our problems didn't begin when Donald Trump was elected. Yes, there's a crisis of democracy, but the film, I started making the film long before he was on the radar, and our problems go back, you know, and our problems, as you just said so eloquently, they're not easily solved. It's like we had these amendments in this country, and it wasn't enough, right? Right. There was a total backlash, and there was a retreat from justice, and we've had to make up that ground so democracy can go forward, it can go into reverse, but we need to have a serious conversation about race and class and gender and what we want to be. And so that's what this, this film is, you know, but it's, it's a film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I hope people take my invitation and come think, come watch it and come debate. And the best thing I've heard from people is that they went out with strangers who they saw the movie with. Okay. And they kept the conversation going after the screening. Okay. And I, I think that's, uh, it's worthy to have people have conversation and not condemn them for what they believe in because I find that uh, I like bigots sometimes because they'll tell you honestly what they think. And you may not like what they have to say, but at least they're telling you what they think. And you can change somebody once they're open and they're honest versus somebody who's afraid to tell you what they're thinking. And then they go off and you've never touched them at all. Yeah, well, I was very surprised how people bigots were very excited to open their mouths with the camera in front of them. I, I, I hadn't ever filmed people on the street in the way I did for this film, and mm-hmm. I was, um, I was quite surprised how many times I caught the phrase "I'm not racist," but on camera. <laughs> so I only, well, that's I only because it it's become time, a word that people don't want to be associated with, and and they honestly yeah. don't know that they may or may not be a racist. They've but they've been maybe surrounded 
you know, by uh, perspectives and, and words and never thought nothing of it and how it might impact or hurt another individual. So a lot of people naturally will say, no, I'm not a racist. They don't know anything about that. But then maybe you point it out, and then they kind of, you know, understand. But I think we should go beyond pointing the fingers at people sometimes. Sometimes it's necessary, but sometimes, you know, kind of figure out ways how we can, you know, find more in common with each other than not. Yeah, and that's I totally agree, and so it's, you know, we are we are people who should be responsible for our actions, but we also need to point our finger at structures, at structures of domination and exploitation, and um, and you know have the bigger picture in mind. But I think we also then this is where you do need, in my opinion, to be an activist and cre- actively create solidarity. So with my debtor organizing, we're trying to say, hey, you might live in a totally different town than someone. You might have uh, be of a different race, a gender. You might be different ages, but you all owe money to the same predatory lender. So let's find common ground and fight for, for better treatment, right? How, what conditions do you have in common, and how can you work together to, to expand equality and justice and, and just so that you can actually, you know, get food on the table and get by? Okay. So I think that's work we have to do really, you know, actively. You have to create solidarity. It doesn't just spontaneously, you know, emerge. So tell us, um, Astra, where is your film being shown these days? Well, today in New York. Is the in New York. Last day. Of, yep. Uh, it is uh, Tuesday. Today, mm-hmm. the twenty-second, and its final screenings today are at the IFC Center mm-hmm. in uh, Manhattan, and mm-hmm. then it's going out to theaters around the country. So it's going to to Boston and to Chicago and Los Angeles. But we're hoping to bring it back in uh, New York, so people who want to keep track of that and find out where they can see it. We've got screenings coming up later in the Bronx and in Queens and in Manhattan. Um, zeitgeistfilm.com is the place to go. Zeitgeistfilm.com. That's, that's great that it's now uh, reached the point where it can hit other cities and the conversation can continue and, and move forward. Yep. Well, uh, congratulations. Uh, this is your, what, third film? My third film, and I took 10 years between the last one and this one, so it better... <laughs> <laughs> I'm slow. I got into activism and writing, and, you know, I just wanted to go learn about the world before making another movie. Well, yeah, I even read about that, that you liked yeah. writing and that you felt it offered you more freedom than just yeah, doing... Yeah, you need lots of a budget. <laughs> <laughs> but it offered you a chance to, um, you know, nuance whatever you were experiencing. So did you feel that that impacted this particular project? Yeah, I think what, so I've written a companion book that comes out in May called Democracy May Not Exist, but we'll miss it when it's gone, that tries to get at a lot of these issues we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we acknowledge the shortcomings and then push forward and balance all these tensions between you and the need to, to make rules that are fair with the need to, like, protest? and um, Or how do we balance the needs of people who live now with people who aren't born? How do we, how do we balance freedom and equality? So this... Having these two mediums at the same time allowed me to let go in each of them and let them be what they are. Because a film is a very, you know, a film, you ha- it's like I interview people, I can't put words in their mouth. i got to let them speak mm-hmm. and honor their truth. Right. And then, but in the book, it's, it's written by me, so I get to be a bit more, uh, a bit more didactic. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us. I know how busy you are. Well, thank you for having me, and thanks for the, 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 good, the good history. I love that. Okay. Right on. Well, I'm I'm kind of advocate about that uh, because um, 
with our country going through what we're going through right now. And this is, what, day 31 of the government shutdown where over 800,000 people are still without a paycheck and not serving the people. Um, I think, you know, we we should talk about uh, these issues as it pertains to democracy. So So thank you again, Astra. I'm going to... Uh, let you go and uh, wish you all the best. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. And um, I'm going to do something uh, special, uh, which I never do. And I'm doing it primarily because of an article I just read this morning about our current president and how he stayed 90 seconds at the King Memorial and then left. And I was so upset that this morning I went online to say, oh, so our 45th president only spent a minute or two because he couldn't stand to be in the light of a real king. And so him being a malignant narcissist had to flee. And it says a lot because he will never have a monument you know, built in his honor. He will never have followers years from now, you know, shout his name. They will all go to dust. But that man, Martin Luther King Jr., he will remain for eternity as a true king. And so that I am going to sing just the first verse of We Shall Overcome an Acapella. And that's to end our show. So I have two other guests in the studio, and if they wanted to join me, they can do it too. So here we go. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. We shall overcome. Someday, oh, deep in my heart, I do believe we shall someday. See you next week. Thank you so very much. Bye-bye.